that tone, that sound, that means we're here. This is your professionals and animal lovers show. I'm here. I'm Tommy D. That's Val. We have a friend with us in the uh, virtual attic. Heather Beck is with us. Heather, before we even get in, I have a lot to say, but I got to get one of those purple hoodies. I'm all about a hoodie. And that hoodie is just really, really cool. And I do have a son. Well, I have two sons, but I do have one son who will really need one of those. So if you, I, before, I haven't even told you about the show, everybody, but I'm just like taken by this purple hoodie. You don't see enough purple hoodies in the world is how I feel, right? Amen. Right, right on. And we, that's our color. That's our brand is purple too. So, so we totally okay. dig it. Uh, not all men can rock the purple gang, but this man certainly knows how to rock purple. I love the color. All right. So let me tell you something. We want to amplify the message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. If you've been checking in for the last, I don't know, 47 weeks or something like that, back since September last year, then you know what we're here to do. We're here to support each other in business. We're going to build this compassionate network. Wink, wink, hint, hint, some more to come on just what we're going to tell you about that going forward. But we want to build this compassionate network because we believe that people who care about animals are compassionate, want to hang around with, do business with, and support other people who care about animals. And we believe that everybody wins. Especially the animals. That's right. And we're talking about that. We were talking about that earlier today, especially the animals. And we achieve this through this weekly radio show, which turns into a podcast. I don't know if it turns into, it's not like it gets stirred up in a pot and then becomes a podcast, but we do it live here on Wednesdays, Eastern time, 2 PM live. I'm coming from the attic and Valerie is from some undisclosed location in the United States of America. (laughs) We do the show live. And then uh, you watch us on Facebook, you check in, um, you can talk to us, you can text us and email us during, or not email really, but you can comment on Facebook while the show is going on. That's a lot of information I gave you up front. Val, what a dress. Is that a dress or a shirt? What it's it's, it's pop. I love this. This is my new shirt from a store. I just have to tell you, this store is so dangerous. It's next door to a restaurant that we love going to, and the store has a champagne bar. They're really smart women. Bougie. They they, they get you after dinner. <laughs> <laughs> where you maybe had a couple of drinks and then you walk in and you try on your little shirts and whatever. And, and they're like, do you want a glass of Prosecco while you're shopping? Wait, did, now is that, is that free? Or as we used to say on the arm, no, that, no, no, the, no. Oh, the drinks aren't free, nothing or no. no. Wow. All right. So I want to give a, a quick like <laughs> historical shout out to a place now in my drinking days, which are way past me, but in my drinking days, we used to go on a golf outing down to ocean city, Maryland every year. And it was a place that was a liquor store. And in the middle of the liquor store, they had a bar. And the place was called Liquid Assets, which was a cute fun. We love play on words here on the show, right? So that was a fun play on words. I don't even know if they're there anymore. But I remember going in there when we were on golf, on this golf uh, getaway. We'd end up there like for a bottle of vodka. And we'd end up sitting there for six hours at the bar. It was like one of those deals. It reminds me, remind again, I guess... Nothing illegal about tricking somebody to get drunk and buy a bunch of clothes. I'm sure it's, it's I'm sure it's not. It's a very smart business plan. But speaking of liquor, I'm going to tie this in really quickly before we get started with our guests, because one of the biggest liquor purchasing holidays is around the corner, which is the 4th of July. And as a pet parent and an animal lover, I want to remind you all to please make sure you're ready for the 4th of July, because that's when a lot of pets, especially dogs, go missing. So you really want to make sure that, you know, um, their tags are on, they're microchipped. Uh, If you use calming medications or anything like that, get in touch with your vet. 
we we just bought a new thunder shirt you know for our dog um and also some calming uh uh spray it's like a pheromone thing and you put it on the thunder vest but our guests from a couple of weeks ago who do search and rescue to help people find their dogs they're all they're begging you please get get a gps collar this is when most dogs will will bolt because they're afraid keep them inside don't don't let them loose in the yard just you know really protect them because it's a it's a horrible time of year for them well, I got to ask you two two quick things. First of all, I can't help, and I know Mick Collins is going to dig this, but every time you said thunder, I heard ACDC. Thunder! <laughs> thunder! But I had to, and I had to pull it up, like I'm staring at it on another monitor. But what two things you said there, though, you you, you referred to uh, it being a holiday where people like to have alcohol. So I would say this, aside from what Valerie's talking about for your animals, don't get in a car. Don't be an idiot. Do not get in a car right. after you've drank. Let's be, yeah. like, come on. In a world when it's so simple to yeah. get an, an Uber, I really, I know tragically we're going to wake up Monday morning and see these terrible stories, but do yourselves a favor. Take a frigging cab, take an Uber, walk. It's beautiful weather out, at least here in New York. Walk. Val, I don't understand why you're saying animals tend to go missing on the, what is it just, I thought you were going to really talk, talk more about the fireworks. You're saying. They're scared of, they're, they're, Many, not all of them many of them are very afraid just like thunder they're afraid of loud booming sounds and sometimes like if someone even if they think they have a fenced-in yard and they're having a barbecue or something the dog will bolt because they're so afraid i mean to them it's like armageddon and they just got to get so they don't really then they're lost is the idea right so they get the hell out of where they are and all of a sudden now they're lost yeah yep. well yep. Well, you know, I, I listen, just I actually happened to be talking to our friend Lynn Fidali not too long ago today on a separate matter. And she was on the show a couple of weeks ago, her and Teddy out here in Long Island go out and and save and rescue and find search and rescue, I guess, to, to find these animals. And they really they do really special work. But why don't you all take care of your pets, like Valerie said, and don't let them run away and keep them inside. Keep Heather, them inside. Do you have any, maybe Heather has some tips about the 4th of July. Oh, yes. I have a lot of tips. First and foremost, yeah, don't have your dogs out and about on the 4th of July. Um, we also, when we have clients here um, at our facility, we, we always recommend for people to board them with us here because it's a calm, safe, quiet place for them. So, um, and here, I'm in Utah, we actually have uh, two holidays that are based around fireworks. So we have the 4th of July, and we also have the 24th of July, which is actually bigger than the 4th of July in Utah. It's really? Pioneer Day. Um, for those of us that do not practice the local religion, we call it Pie and Beer Day, um, but it's, we still have fireworks, so the whole month of July, we're inundated with fireworks, oh. so so yeah, I give a lot of pointers. I mean, dogs will often, I, I always suggest having them crated, maybe have a fan going, music. If you can crate them in the bathroom, for some reason, the acoustics in the bathroom, dogs like to be around that, so that's always a good place, and have some some noise going in the background, calming stuff. Anything you can find, work with your veterinarian, um, CBD. I, you know, I like CBD, but I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a vet, so I don't, I don't talk a lot about that, but, you know, work with your vet, work with somebody that knows if your dog has anxiety, even if your dog doesn't have anxiety, um, they can pick it up. This is a great time for them to start getting anxiety. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of people, I go to fireworks shows and I see people there with their dogs and I literally just cringe because it's so it's just terrifying. I mean, it's just terrifying. The, the decibel levels for the dogs too, their hearing is so much more in tune than ours that that sound can really, really 
upset them. So it's just not safe. Uh, See, that's, I I hadn't thought about that, but that's, it's super loud, especially like, you know, the pretty stuff that, you know, the shoots up in the sky and things like that doesn't make it such noise, but the the obnoxious, what, you know, when we were kids, the M80s, and I still hear them in my neighborhood sometimes. I'm sure we'll start hearing them tonight into the weekend. Uh, It's obnoxious and loud for humans. So just to, I hadn't thought of it that way, not being a dog owner, I hadn't really. And it's so sad when they're stressed out. They're like, my dog trembles a lot. He's just like shaking. Uh, I find if I pick him up, but then again, he's only my dog. Well, Valerie, let me, from a, from a behavioral standpoint, I would Uh say don't do that. That's probably one of the worst things you can do. Okay. So, so Heather, before you tell us why that's the worst thing, let's tell these people who you are. So Heather has worked uh, for over 26 years from rescue to animal control to running uh, a, um, excuse me, running a large breed and pit bull rescue to starting her own training, boarding, daycare facility and developing training products for dogs, which we're going to talk about today. Certainly Heather's Heroes, love the logo, got to get the hoodie. We already talked about that. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that, but I wanted to give people a, a frame of reference who we're speaking to today. Now you can, now you can, well, see here, we're about three things here, Valerie Hefron, learning, educating, and advocating. And Heather's about to drop some knowledge on us about when you, why maybe you shouldn't pick up your dog. Go ahead, Heather, take it away. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Valerie, and that is such a natural instinct for us to do is to coddle when we're uncomfortable, um, in the dog world and the way that dogs think that that is very the opposite of what they would do with each other. So Mm. when you coddle, when they're in kind of a a bad state of mind, um, Mm. and they're very anxious, you're actually encouraging the anxiety. So oh, no. it, it can make us feel better. Oh, oh no, you're yeah, killing Heather right sorry. now. Forget it. Oh, sorry, my God. Val. Sorry, Valerie, I didn't mean that. But you can nurture <laughs> that anxiety. So a lot of people think they're doing their dog a huge favor by coddling under circumstances like that. But that's where I talk about creating, um, you know, letting them, you know, kind of deal. Even if, Valerie, I know this is going to heartbreak you, but even if just having the dog sitting next to you, the tool we're going to talk about today, this is a calming tool that could help with that kind of anxiety where you're not nurturing, but you're actually doing something to help calm the dog. So it's a really, it kind of leads right into that to the products and the, and the things that I have developed. I would love to learn more. I I know I've, I've learned other things that I've done wrong in the past. I feel like the worst dog mom ever, but uh, for example, we found out the hard way that our dog was allergic to chicken and rice, but Uh, prior to learning that through doing the actual test, Everyone that was telling us who was a dog parent was like, oh, your dog's stomach is upset. Boil a chicken, give him some rice. And I found out, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like the worst pet parent ever, but I, I do want feel to bad. Others of us, a human parent screw up kids all the time. All so. the time. So, I've done that stuff with my kids over giving them antibiotics for like strep throat and then come to find out they're allergic to the antibiotics. I'm like, no, you gotta <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, so... It's all, but hey, you know, that's what we're here for, right? Like, we're here to educate, we're here to learn. You can't, you, you know, you can't blame yourself for what you didn't know or what you didn't understand, you know? And what you do from there is you just take it as a burden of information and you do better, you know? You do better. So once you know what you know, you can't unknow it. So then you move forward and make those changes so that you're falling right in line with with what you know and and what you've learned. Heather, thank you you for being compassionate. Sorry, Val, just thank you for being compassionate in the way you said that, because like, I'm I'm giving my buddy a hard time here because that's what we do a little bit. But like in, in, in all honesty, though, it's like 
we don't have all the answers. None of us on this call has all the answers for everything anyway. So as you come on as a, as a specialist in your area and a, and a thought leader, subject matter expert, right, you're bringing that to us. So Val, give yourself a hug. I'm going to give myself a hug, even though it's super warm in the attic. There's a new thing where you virtual hugs. I just made it up. Just made it up. But we're going to, you know, you're going to be compassionate and we're going to then learn and evolve, right? And I need to just say that I always feel like the more I learn, the more I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the more yeah. I learn, the more I hear, the more I realize there's a whole world of stuff out there that, you know, I, I don't know. So um, yeah. got it. Okay. That, so that, I makes won't it pick better, up. that makes it better because the thing yeah. is, you're open-minded enough to learn Oh yeah. better than somebody who is like, Nope, I'm going to pick my dog up. I'm just going to keep screwing him up because it makes me feel good. Because it makes me feel good. Right. We're going to do a break. Heather, what do you want me to share at the break? Should I share the website for Heather's Heroes real quick? On oh, that would be great. Yeah. Right, so we'll, we'll be right back in 90 seconds. My friend Dylan, please take us the break. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics in the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is Pals, and uh, just in case you've ever listened to the show before, you know I can sometimes get distracted easily, and I end up focusing on one particular thing, and I'm going to do it again. Um, so I was sharing the pictures of the website. Now, I have to understand, Heather, before we get into the business and what you're solving and how you're protecting the animals, is there two different versions of the hoodie? Like the one I see in that picture there looks like it might be a zip-up because the logo's on the back, and the one you're wearing right now has to, looks like it's obviously not a zip-up and the logo on the front. Tell me about the hoodies real quick, because that's because obviously I'm, I'm I'm addicted. Well, and it's it's so funny we were just talking about the hoodies because my my brick and mortar business is Canine Lifeline. So that's where we have all of our animals. 
our logo is very similar. It just doesn't have the cape. So we kind of made the connection between the, the product line, which is Heather's Heroes, and Canine Lifeline of just the dog wearing the cape. So most of the product that we carry is for our staff. Um, this hoodie in particular, um, it is a pullover. It's the only one we've ever had made um, for the trade shows that we do. So we started getting our products for the trade shows. Um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the profit here in a minute, but like having to like get stuff together in two weeks, we had all these made. But they're only pullovers right now. I think the zip up might be a little tricky, but it all still right. has the. Oh, so, it's got, so that's what I'm seeing because on my screen over here, I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh, what a great move! So shout out to Fred Taffer and Erico and our friends at Tombow. I hope you're watching because we need some purple hoodies with the pals logo, the whole thing. I didn't know you could do. See, I always thought you put one up here on the breast. Right. And then you put the like yeah. a tiny one here and then the big one on the back. So you all went with a big on the front, big on the back. Yeah. Well, I have noted this. We are recording this program and I will be able to take this back to our creative team. All right, Valerie, I'm sure you want to talk more than hoodies. So Valerie, so well, Heather, <laughs> some other stuff. Heather, I just want to let you know that I remember when I watched the episode, my husband and I are fans of the profit. Um, in fact, when we went to uh, the RV place, the, the camping world place, whatever yeah. way, I was like, is Marcus here? And they were like, no, but he does stop in. I was like, yeah, yeah. but um, you know, I remember how difficult it was for you to come to the conclusion that you were going to listen and, and change your logo and i just want to let you know as someone who has put you know their heart and soul into those types of choices too i was like oh, i don't know if i could do it you know you you get so attached to these things yeah. but um obviously ultimately you did it and i want to commend you for that because changes it does not come easily <laughs> and it also i i want to get into the actual way what i have a friend of mine who hopefully she's listening right now she has a dog he's pretty young she rescued him um he's probably two mm -hmm. and she loves to go on hikes and unfortunately she has a hard time sometimes with him because he, if he sees another dog especially a smaller yeah. dog he goes nuts and i said okay do you think he wants to play and she goes no i think he wants yeah. to eat them and i want to talk about how how because i said this to her and she was like how can a leash save a life so I, I would really love to get into that. And I mean, I know the answer, but I'll let you tell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a big question. But I mean, it's, it's the question I've been answering since I started working with dogs and being able to kind of develop some of these products because it's, you know, it does change lives. I mean, we've changed thousands of lives, tens of thousands. I mean, from the, you know, the, the wave effect, you know, the ripple effect of being able to get people, you know, trainers buying our products and helping their clients and their clients mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I mean, basically, um, you know, our tool, it does go over the bridge of the nose. So it is a, a head collar. Um, I did develop it after working with a lot of other types of head collars. You know, I worked with several um, over the years that, that I really liked, but I knew they weren't fitting like the niche. And also it was harder for my clients to work with. So the very cool thing about the sidekick used to be known as a transitional it's still hard for me that was uh that was the name change was very difficult um, as far as like the product goes but what was it called before that heather because i'm not called, it was called the transitional leash the canine lifeline transitional leash and um because the whole concept is it can be used as just a slip lead as well so it, it moves from being you know the head collar to the actual slip lead and the thing is is not many people actually go from using it as the head collar to using it as a slip lead unless they're like going out like from the car or to you know here or there or, or whatever mostly they're going to be using it as a head collar um 
but so the name change, we ended up changing it to the sidekick, which is great because it's Heather's heroes. And, you know, the tagline just kind of went along with, you know, every hero needs the sidekick, you yeah. know, whether it's the hero is the dog or the hero is the owner, um, yeah. you know, or the handler or the rescue worker or, you know, the shelter staff. I mean, it, it just kind of played in really nicely. So I'm still kind of getting used to the, to the name change. It's, it's only been a year now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still working on it, but it's, I mean, it's been so many years of being called the transitional. So it's uh, it was a big change, but yeah, I mean, that, that natural pressure point across the bridge of the nose is a complete game changer for dogs. It really is one of those spots that helps, you know, a lot of the head callers that are out there really push a lot of, Oh, it's a no pull. It's a no pull. It's a no pull. For my tool as a trainer, it's not just something you slapped on. This was the argument that me and Marcus and Lisa, and Geo got into quite a bit was, you know, that it really was, you know, it's a training tool. It's not just a no-pull harness, which as we talked about a lot of the no-pull harnesses. And I said, that's a management tool. My tool takes training. My tool takes some, you know, some work to get the dog to understand what it is. But as you go through that process, that is the change in the relationship. So Valerie, for your friend who has a problem with their dog walking on leash, it's a relationship issue. So when you take the time to utilize this tool and mentally get the dog in a different state of mind using this tool, it makes a complete difference in the relationship. So everything, you know, Tommy, as you're kind of scrolling through our, our website there, it, it went into our Canine Lifeline Learning Portal where we've got a bunch of videos and how to condition, how mm. it translates, using it for things off leash, like in the home, like when you have a dog who's nervous of fireworks, I have a little exercise that I do called the Zen Zone. So it all starts to translate from utilizing just this very specific, you know, process across the bridge of the nose, but it's not forever, but I guarantee it will change the relationship. It's not just about no pulling. It is about calming the mind from reactivity, excitement, anxiety. It all plays into it. And it's, it's magic. I mean, can, it really I, can I ask you a question, home. Heather? I got to yeah. ask you this because I, I made a silly. Oh, no, forget the hoodie. Forget the hoodie. Yeah, I'm okay, okay. You know what? It's really hot in my attic, so I'm done with the hoodie stuff. But <laughs> but, but but in the winter, I'm going to ask you more about the hoodie. No, but I made, I made a silly, like, prayer, like, thank you gesture when you said, like, you know, zen. So let, let me ask you something. I mean, because it sounds, and now I'm seeing myself do that gesture on Facebook with over here. So what, what about, um, you know, it, can dogs meditate that you're aware of or can we bring them to some sort of meditative state as well as we do I know I certainly do it every morning or else I'd be an angry little Tommy D yeah you know and Tommy you nailed it literally everything we teach is teaching dogs how to be calm so Mm. that is one of the things that we as a society just miss like we completely miss that for dogs like we always think that we have to be so active with them and always keeping them happy which means like keeping them hyper or running them or doing this all this physical stuff but we never take the time to really teach them how to be calm and that's where what I teach has been so life-changing is because it is the difference between behavior and obedience in behavior Mm. you're more going along with the natural ingrained instincts and needs of the dog in obedience that's just teaching the dog an education you know teaching them how to sit stay down come but it doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with the mental change of things. So Mm. this works very, very naturally for that. And so when everything that we're teaching, we may have dogs coming in, I mean, bouncing off the walls, whether they're completely aggressive, whether they're reactive, whether they're um, just super excitable and jumping all over the place and just taking them back to that natural foundation. Because if they're living in a wild pack of golden doodles, 
Oh, that would be cute. If they were living in a wild pack of golden doodles, those dogs would not allow the excitement, nor would they be nurturing anxiety, fear, reactivity. Do you know what I mean? So everything that we start teaching is to teach the dog in a very natural way how to go back to that natural state of calm, that natural state of zen, and then everything else that we layer on top of it. So let's say you want to layer obedience on top of it. Let's say you want to layer um, search and rescue. Let's say you want to have a service dog. You know, if you have this natural foundation, you can put anything on top of it because the relationship is there. The dog is open-minded and ready to learn. So mm. it makes such a huge difference when you just kind of embrace some of these concepts that are a lot more natural for the dog to be able to move forward in so many other ways. So it's not the end-all be-all of training, but I will tell you, when you start with a behavioral approach, right. everything else that you do with dogs is going to be so much better and so much more impactful. And I'm picturing this, like these leashes that offer the calming factor. And you saw it, by the way, right away. One of the best things about that episode, in my opinion, was um, they brought in a dog that, uh, and, and by the way, it's also partially the human's fault because um, a lot of us will see a dog go running up to it. Oh my God. And we're excited. And then the next yeah. thing you know, the dog is like, you know, maybe they're not that approachable. Maybe that's the wrong approach. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, the, the calming effect on the dog that you had um, exemplified with the leash, mm -hmm. the behavior was extremely pronounced. The difference was very yeah. pronounced. And so for, for my friend who's hopefully watching right now, you mm -hmm. know, this is, this is how I see it saving a life or potentially more than one life which is, God forbid, uh, you know, the dog breaks free when it sees another dog and it has a, a prey drive, it can attack mm -hmm. another dog, possibly kill it, most likely hurt it. And then those dog owners may seek to have my friend's yeah. dog euthanized. And it happened once where she, the dog didn't attack anyone, but she fell on ice because he pulled her mm. so hard it actually tore some ligaments in, in, you know, her thumb. And I'm she like, needs, she needs a leash. Hold on, Val. I know you have a question there. Save it. Cause I want to ask you, your friend fell on ice. She needs a good leash. You know, that there's a good leash that, that Heather's selling and you didn't buy the leash for your friend yet. Wow. On, Is that your question? I think so. <laughs> so I'm saying like, you can hook your friend up with this leash. That's what I'm, I'm I'm pain I believe she fell for what it's worth before your episode. But anyway, I'm I'm painting this picture because I want people to really understand the potential impact, you know, of of not addressing this issue. If yeah. you recognize this issue in your yeah. own pup, you know, it's it's imperative that you do something about it. Well, and it doesn't get better. That's the thing. It doesn't just get better on its own. I mean, maybe when your dog's 14 or 15 and isn't pulling on the leash or can't react anymore because they're so old, but yeah. those kind of things don't age out. And so many people just do not seek out help, you yeah. know, training. And you don't have to seek out help. Buy the tool, you know, watch the videos. That was the goal with this product was to just give it out so that people didn't have to seek out professional training. Do I recommend it? Of course I do. But can you do it on your own? that's the bridge you don't need yeah. that you know you yeah. don't need it you can do a lot on your own with this tool it'll make a huge difference i love that so much and i'm i'm wondering um you know are there additional products or so you have the sidekick yep 
And what else do you recommend or offer? Well, for what that, that friend is dealing with, the sidekick would be what I would recommend. Okay. Um, we do have other products, which I'm sure we can chit chat about, but yeah, that would be when it comes to reactivity, aggression, excitement, any of that stuff, anxiety, that tool is by far the best. And I can tell you why even comparatively to other tools, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that I work with, I work with all tools. So it's not that I'm discriminatory at all towards certain tools, but I will tell you why through my experience it makes such a big difference. And, and maybe that'll uh, reach a couple more people that are working with tools that just aren't effective in what they're dealing with with their dog. Let, let's do that when we come back from a break. Yeah. I just want just one takeaway that I really want to point out because it's, it's standing out for me is this whole this whole baseline of what we're talking about. I mean, I'm this, what did you call them? A wild pack of golden doodles? Like, yeah. I, like that'd, be, that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> right. But like, right. But then that their natural without us interfering would be, you know, different than what we hype them up. So it's, so it's, and, and who was it? Was it Dr. Greg DeFrancis we had on God many, many moons ago, Val here on the show. And it was about like that. We, as the humans are the ones that are screwing them up, you know, like, and obviously we've talked a little bit about that, but we've mm-hmm. talked about today, but that, that whole situation where it's like their natural is to go one way. And if we're, we just want and I wrote down baseline, their natural foundation. Right. So that's the stuff I want people to consider when we, when we talk about these subjects, we will take a break. We'll talk about different tools when we come back, Heather. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about that hoodie again. I don't know. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I almost forgot to unmute. Um, <laughs> I couldn't find out how to stop sharing. So we're, we're, we're really yeah. on today. 
We're on a roll. Heather, um, I have to ask you a couple of questions going back to when you first had your idea. Uh -huh. um, because obviously, you know, uh, we're animal lovers and, and pet parents, and I know people who every once in a while, they come up with an idea, including myself, but um, like, how did you go about getting your, your leash and your vision, you know, produced? I mean, did you, did you have to like create molds? I mean, all that, all that fun shark tank stuff, right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it basically kind of started like a lot of those stories where it was just like, okay, here's some rope, here's some clamps. I've got like these little crimper things, you know, just kind of messing around, like trying to find things at like the hardware store that would work and yeah. figure out where the safety would go. So, I mean, I, I spent hours upon hours, you know, kind of making, you know, prototypes or trying to figure things out about how to, how to make it the best possible. So um, mm -hmm. the version that it is right now is actually patented, both design and utility patents. So, wow, um, and when we, when we filmed the show, we have the design patent, but we hadn't gotten the utility patent yet, which that took seven years, by the way, to get uh, and thousands upon thousands of dollars. So for anyone going through like the patent process, it is not easy, but I am so grateful to have it because, yeah. you know, it is, I mean, it took that time to kind of develop it, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally just started like that. Then I started having my staff, um, when we were making them for other trainers, I started having my staff kind of get paid piecework to be able to just like do extra work at home. So they would take the parts home, they would make the leashes. Um, and it just kind of started getting bigger and bigger and bigger where, you know, I had one lady that would make, you know, 500 leashes at a time at home um, who was kind of hired out. Um, then we started, you know, having people here at our facility. We got some um, uh, industrial sewing machines, um, rope sewing machines that made a big difference because we were crimping them, you oh, know, and they just yeah. wouldn't always stay the way that we needed them. So it kind of became yeah. a safety issue. and. And there's been a lot of ups and downs. I mean, now, um, you know, on the show, you could kind of see that we started working with a bigger manufacturer. Yeah. We just got our first order today. Oh, it's wow. It's been a year. Valerie, where are your pom-poms? That is a pom-pom. Come on. Take the pom-poms, pal. There we go. Yay. I'm listening. Yeah, <laughs> because we're just a small facility. Like, we have 10 people that we're making yeah. all of our leashes. So I will tell you, when the show aired, we got slammed with about five months worth of orders wow. and we yeah. and people couldn't understand because they thought that we're just like amazon and like we're just making them it's like no we're literally making what you have and so it was a it was a blessing definitely a blessing yeah but we we got a lot of negative feedback because people were waiting wow. like eight weeks for a single leash and we've never had that problem so now right. that we're with the bigger manufacturer the cool thing is a lot of this stuff is going to go out the same day yeah. Um, you know, based on that, the product, we made some changes to the product. So it's a lot safer. Um, the design is a little different, but it's, it's amazing. Like all the little changes that we need, like that we did were amazing. So I'm super happy. We're getting out into a lot of bigger retailers. And I love it. So world domination is my goal. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I have the same goal, but not with, I'm not a competitor, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I have to like, just say I'm I'm so in love with people who like you know they'll they'll come up with an idea they'll come they'll sketch it out or whatever they go to Home Depot or like yeah. wherever they can pick stuff up and they just start going for it and it it reminds me of a um, TED talk that I saw once and um, there is this I did this for prior customers um, it's called the Marshmallow Challenge and 
you hand out, there's like teams of like four or five people and you hand out the instructions. They have a certain amount of time and they basically have to build a structure out of spaghetti and um, I think <laughs> uh, duct tape, whatever. And you have to put the marshmallow on the top and whoever builds the highest structure uh, wins as long as it doesn't topple over. Oh, I would crush that challenge. I, I know you would. I love stuff like but, that. Like problem solving is my gig. Like I, I thrive on that so hard. So it's, but I love that. That doesn't surprise me because here's the thing. You, the takeaway from that challenge mm -hmm. is that the most successful group of people, and they studied all different groups, mm -hmm. were like third graders because they didn't overthink it. They didn't 100%. sit there and come up with a plan and draw and this and that. They went in, they dove in, and they just started working at it until they figured out what worked. You know, you know what the other thing about that too is I love that. at that age, they probably haven't been told for years and years and years that stuff is difficult and you can't do that. And you know, the younger you are, your imagination is just there because nobody's stomped on, on all your ideas. When you get, yeah. you know, for people of our age, you know, yeah. to is sometimes people have been beat up and told them, no, 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 that doesn't work. Oh yeah, full blown arguments would happen. I think I'm trying to remember the time frame. Let's say it's 15 minutes. They'll waste five, six minutes just like who's in charge, who's going to listen to, who's got the best <laughs> right. idea. I'm in charge. Let's get this done. Like I got it. Let's you do this, you do that. Like it's yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you, like it, it's very similar to running a business, you know, and trying yeah. to keep innovating, like especially through, you know, not just COVID, but I mean, I was in business in, you know, 2008 when we went into the recession. Like I, I, I thought that was bad, you mm -hmm. know. And then dealing with these last couple of years and the and the changes we're dealing with. But I'm telling you, for people like me, mm -hmm. it pushes more innovation. Like it yes. pushes me harder. Yes. to be able to figure out how to do this better, how to make, you know, and I have these conversations, I'm, I'm just getting ready to go into a manager's meeting after this and, you know, just talking about how do we innovate, you know, for our animals that we have on site, which at our facility here, we have about 150 dogs a day here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we deal with the animals here? How do we help our clients? How do we get more product out? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're making some big changes, which is always so interesting in business side. Like when you make changes, you lose people. Like it, it, it's unfortunate when you lose yeah. people because it's kind of like for the greater good, like for us to move to the bigger manufacturer and to be able to get those leashes out for yeah. world yeah. domination, you know, we, we've had to, we've had to consider stop doing things that are really loyal, amazing trainers and clients have known for years. So you know? let me, let me ask you, Heather, do you mean by changing that you you've lost supporters, you've lost employees? What, what do you mean? Oh, no. Just not losing that, but they're they're missing the the intimacy kind of you know which we still provide you know but you know when we're looking at the bigger picture of how many more dogs and people we can help mm -hmm. you know they kind of feel like they're being left behind. Oh, which is not, oh okay. Which is yeah. not true. It's, we're just making changes for the better of the company, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. the better of animal welfare so that we can get right. these leashes out there more. But, you know, they feel like, well, I was here at the beginning and you should be doing right. this or, you know, like we did, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll give you an example of one change that we made. So we do a ton of customization, tons. So we do or have made, I shouldn't even say this because we had made an eight foot length of the, of the leash and we could actually make it any length. We actually made four feet, we made eight feet, but that was a customization that we were able to do here in house, not a problem. But now that we've moved with a bigger manufacturer, I mean, we've had several people like, hey, I want it eight feet long. And I'm just like, hey, 
I'm sorry, but six feet is the length that we can get this done in. And when you have kind of those one-offs, you can't go to a bigger manufacturer and make yeah. something that makes you right. no money. No, you, you, need, you need to have that. Stand, you need to have some standardization, right? You exactly. can't. You can't serve everybody. You know, it's like no substitutions on the menu. Well, yeah, because we're because we're McDonald's. That's how. Like that's right. the thing, right? Like it has to. Yeah. But but if your ultimate aside from world domination, and I'm reading into that world domination is you're helping. You're going to help thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of animals and their families. What right. I want to understand through all that, through the. I'm using the word, my word, not yours, but standardization and the growth. And are I don't even know how you would know this. And But you're, you and Valerie are going to know this certainly better than I would because I do not have a dog. But compared to other alternatives or tools, as you call it, Heather, is this comfortable? Is this more comfortable for the animal? And I know they can't go, Heather, right on. This is the one. Like, I know they can't say that to you like I just said that to you unless it's like, Nickelodeon or, or, you know, Looney Tunes, but they can can tell you that because they're comfortable in their own skin. They're not reacting. They're not excitable. They're not being dumb, you know? So when, (laughs) you know, when you can have a better relationship with your dog, the dog's telling you that, you know? So when I have a dog come in, so the dog that we featured in the show, that dog's name is Zorilla, just in case you want to know. Like, almost self-fulfilling for prophecy, right? Um, she is very dangerous. I mean, she is very dangerous. Like, she is no joke. And everything that you saw in the show, how it happened, was exactly how it happened. For a dog like that, her future is euthanasia because right. she wants to kill people, right. you know? So with this... with this, she wanted to kill Marcus. Yes, she wanted, she wanted to, kill to kill Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> and what you don't see is there's an entire film crew there. So you've got, you know, all the guys with the cameras staring right at her. And she'd already been with us for a couple of days. So she was pretty chill. But, um, you know, kind of working with this pool, you know, my goal and a lot of the things that I did learn from Marcus is how to really kind of quell the people that are thinking so small minded. And I have to lean towards the bigger picture and the the thousands upon thousands more dogs um, and humans that we can help. You know, and that's where I, I, you know, and do I have to let go of some of those people that are giving me grief right now about not making an eight foot leash? It's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, like, I'm sorry, but I've got to look at, you know, where I'm at. But bigger hey, picture, right. You yeah, gotta if there break. was enough demand, if there was enough demand, I would do it. But I'm telling right. you in the numbers from Marcus, in the numbers, yeah. it's just not there. How you know, is it working with him? Is he, is oh, he much so of a genius? Great. Oh my yeah. God, I love him. He's so yeah. great. He um, is. He's not just smart, though. What I love about him is that he seems to be very compassionate. He is. He yeah. is. He's tough, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's tough. Um, I yeah. pr- pretty much told the producers, I said, do not make this show about me crying every five seconds, because that's <laughs> what that's what happened every time I was around him, is I just started crying. Because yeah. he he's intense, you know? He's intense. Yeah. And when you would see the times that he would get upset with me, it's very real. I mean, it's, there's no, I'll, I'll tell you kind of how it goes is there is no pre-scripting to this at all. Like they mic you up, the camera crew shows up, he shows up. That's it. Like, and everything. And then it's just, it's just real. It's just, it's it's, it's, it's a hundred percent real. And I know people question that a lot, but no, it is a hundred percent real. I love that you said that. Yeah. And, and, and I have to tell you also one of my favorite parts of the show was cause I'm like you, I I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got the ideas. I'm the big picture person. I'll go to work and do a, a prototype or whatever. But where I saw him kind of like 
get you to be maybe a little uncomfortable or whatever was like, you know, the numbers, the cost per year, how much does this cost? How much does this cost? And, and, but, but the key is, and you have this is that yeah. you hired the right people. Yeah. So you might yeah. not know it off the top of your head, but you had, who, what was the yeah. lovely lady's name? Alex, Alex, she's fantastic. Alex. Yeah. And she's it's like, so she's funny. like 42 cents. 80 yeah. it was like the price is right dollar 15 yeah. and she's, landing. she's the operation manager so i'm kind of like the idea person and she's the operation manager so That's she implements a lot of that which was perfect but and honestly perfect. we had it we just didn't have it like memorized you know memorized, you right. throw stuff out at you all the time and so i wouldn't I would know that like, either i would not have known that that's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah, that's what a team is is all about. And before, like on this team, I'm going to be the teammate that takes us to a break right now because we have to do that. <laughs> so, so Charlie, Tanya Dival, what's up, gang? Good hey, to see you checking in, checking in on Facebook. Tanya, thanks for checking in on the other show, Philanthropy and Focus. Mick Collins, obviously here, and uh, Barry <laughs> Barry Efron is telling us help. I'm in the dentist chair. Guy, we're doing a radio show. Nothing we can do. You shouldn't have made the dental appointment. I don't know what to tell you. We're going to go to a quick break. Heather, Val, Tommy D. We'll be back. Thank you. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Tommy D., the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I just feel such a connection to you, Heather. And um, I, I was going to ask you shamelessly, but maybe in the future, I know you have a meeting after this to go to, but I would love to kind of bounce something off you. I have an idea. Maybe you can manufacture it because I don't really think I have the time. <laughs> but Weird time. Who has that? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. And um, oh, but anyway, um, you know, Tommy asked a really good question before in the chat box, and I really think this is so important for you to address. But like, if I if I rescue a dog, uh, let's say I go to a rescue or a shelter, or whatever, at what point in time 
you know, would you say that's a signal, you know, or that's something you, this needs to be addressed behaviorally. Like this is how, you know, you need one of my leashes. Can you um, speak to that? Like the day before you adopt, ah. like a week before you adopt or <laughs> a year before you adopt the dog. Yeah. There's no reason that this tool has to be used on a bad dog. Like it's literally, it's a relationship changing tool. Okay. Um, let me give you a little example. So this, we just had a really big workshop here. I do them once a year um, called our Teach, Calm, and Guide workshop. And this particular workshop, we had about um, eight working spots. So eight dogs that are coming with their owners. Many of them were actually working dogs. So we had two search and rescue dogs. We had one um, bug detection dog, um, another dock diving champion, I think. It's, it, yeah, there's it's just a lot of, just a lot of really like, um, intense dogs, right? Mm -hmm. And these owners, you know, although they do a lot with their dogs, they were still struggling with the relationship part. And through working with this, you know, they started to realize like, man, this isn't just for, you know, little old ladies with a, you know, 100 pound St. Bernard, like this is really a game changer, you know, like we, we got to see that, you know, I do work with some of the um, avalanche dogs here at Snowbird um, in Utah. So the same thing, uh -huh. like the issues that they were struggling with is that the dogs would be too worked up before they would go to work. So being able to utilize this tool to keep them calm before they had to go out on an avalanche or go out on training, they actually kept their wits about them to be able to really fulfill what they were doing in that job and in that career. So, and to save lives, like literally talk about saving lives in an avalanche. That is what those dogs do. So yeah. that's part of them using Incredible. our tools and our techniques was them getting the dogs to be calm. I see people, um, a lot of herding people are starting to use it, herding, like they do sheep herding, yep. where like they have the dog sitting on the sideline, but the dog is just sitting there barking and freaking out the whole time before their run. And so I have another uh, trainer that I work with, uh, Jason Mascani, who does uh, sheep herding trials with his dogs. And he's a trainer that I do these workshops with. And so people start asking him about those tools and how to keep their dog calm. And within, you know, the next time they see him at a trial, that dog is nice and calm before the trial. Then the dog gets to go out and do their job to full force without wasting their energy. You know, think about a kid. You know, if you have a kid where let's say they're out, you know, running around for three hours and then you want them to sit down and focus really hard to do like math or something. They can't. Their mind's completely blown. So to be able to calm them, to be able to do their job properly, this isn't just a tool for that. It's a tool for every dog. It literally is a tool for every dog to okay. help calm them, bring them back to their natural state of being, to build a better relationship with the human. That is the hugest part of this tool. You won't believe how quickly the relationship changes. And with your friend, it's a relationship issue. So you change that relationship, it changes the world. And it changes the dog. The dogs are so grateful. I love watching dogs just change right in front of your eyes. Yeah. You it Is it quick? Show. Heather, it could be like, like. And for, for some dogs, yes. When I talk about the conditioning process, like I, in the learning portal, we have a ton of videos going through how to condition the tool because usually when the relationship is broken, mm -hmm. the dog is going to say no, because they're, they're used to being able to kind of get away with what they want. You know, so when you first put this tool on them, they're going to go through a bit of fuss where they're going to say, mm, no, because the second that that tool goes on, that actually already kind of lowers their status. And so they will fuss with it where they're just going to go, nope, no way, man, this is not a relationship. So being patient and consistent 
in the very beginning of the conditioning and just taking time for that conditioning makes a huge difference in the long run. And that's a lot of those videos is exactly what we talk about. And in our training programs here, it's exactly what we do is we condition the dog. Then we bring the client back in because it doesn't matter what I can do with the dog, right? It doesn't matter what my staff can do with the dog. Once the owner is in the picture, the dog reverts right back to, nope, we're not going to do this. But once that (laughs) starts melting in and they're consistent and the dog starts to be respectful and start understanding that the owner is going to be consistent with the gentle pressure of the tool, it completely changes it. I mean, it completely changes it. And in comparison to other tools, that's why this works so well when Mm -hmm. it comes to reactivity is because it actually creates a calm mind. It doesn't just teach the dog to avoid looking at something. Let me, let me give you a quick example and I'll give you an example with a couple different tools. So let's use food. So food reward, right? If I have a dog who's reactive, a lot of times people will teach the dog, watch me or leave it and reward with food, right? Mm-hmm. But that never teaches a dog to be able to look at the thing that makes them uncomfortable calmly, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. food can usually be the gas pedal to excitement as well. Can it yeah. build trust? Can it build engagement? Of course it can. We use it all the time in our training once we have that foundation. I will tell you a confession. I, I, I have to make another confession. This is going to cleanse my soul. But, and I always I'm say, breaking Val today. I'm uh, breaking her. They say, they say, I say, they train us well, right? So um, I thought I had this brilliant idea. I like to work sometimes downstairs at the dining room table. It's just like change of scenery, whatever. And uh, sometimes when I'm working, my dog will start barking at me because I'm not playing with him or walking him. So here I am thinking, I came up with this brilliant idea where I take a treat and I throw it all the way up to the top of the stairs and he goes and he finds it. And then he usually goes to his bed and he hangs out. So I'm thinking I'm a genius until now he barks at me at the, from the top of the stairs. And he's like, where's my next treat? What's going on? You know, and yeah. <laughs> or, or he'll come back downstairs and start over. And just kind of what I mentioned there is that food can basically give a lot of, um, it can build a lot of trust. Like that's definitely, it can build trust, it can build engagement, but not often can it build respect. So yeah. that's, you know, that's one thing. And then if you look at other collars, you know, let's talk about a prong collar real quick in comparison. Same thing is if you have a dog who is leash reactive and you're using that as a corrective measure, hey, I don't have a problem with prong collars, but if you're using it as a corrective measure, the only thing you're teaching the dog is to avoid looking or that looking at that thing is going to hurt me. So now the next time they see that thing, that fight can be worse. So Mm -hmm. you've got to kind of pick and choose. So this tool actually helps to create that nice calm mind so that the side effect is not pulling, but the actual deeper impact, the more meaningful impact is a better relationship, a calmer dog, a quieter dog, and just a better relationship with your dog. I mean, that's just, it's just what it is. I'm analyzing relationships completely and listening to this conversation. I'm analyzing a lot of my personal relationships just yeah. by, so it's not ones with animals, it's ones with people. So now I have a lot of work to do tomorrow when I meet with, you know, some, some, a therapist. Okay, gang. But, but all right, we're going to, we're going to pause for one yeah. second because I got to make a shout out and then Val, we're out of time and I know you want to say some things. So, um, Tanya Dibel just uh, texted me. Tanya Dibel rhymes with Bible because it's not spelled that way at all, but she just texted me. Love today's show. Thank you. So I just, Joey's Paw is the name of their organization. They provide prosthetics and wheels. Paw, P-A-W. Hey, I just got to say, I've got a two-legged dog and a three-legged dog. 
if you need wheels, we got wheels is what we're saying. Oh, I, you know, all right. I love that. I love that. And then I have a note like a dog. I, I do carry her everywhere. She's a little Yorkie, so she has mm-hmm. no Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You start the show saying we shouldn't be carrying these animals, and the next thing you end the show with carrying animals again. Heather, what's My going dog on? dog does not have anxiety. Ah. Oh, all right. All right. We then that, that means we got to bring you back. Val, we got 60 seconds to say three minutes worth of stuff. So I just want to say that we have the Compassion Awards coming up. It's a very unique event. We've decided to create an event um, of animal lovers and pet parents, and we are honoring three incredible honorees that do great things for animals, rescue, TNR, and animal advocacy. And so if you're interested in sponsoring, we are looking for sponsors. We're looking for also for guests and attendees. Please check us out at pal-show.com, P-A-L-show.com. Thank you, Valerie. Heather Beck, thanks for being our friend. I look forward to meeting you again. And, I, you know, I've, I've kind of been only in Salt Lake City, like, at the airport. So I've never actually seen how beautiful that was. So I will. And I noticed I had to Google this whole thing about snowbirds and avalanche rescue while you were talking. So we'll talk about that. All right. Pay attention, Tommy. The show is over. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Make it a great day, gang. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Heather.